Hey everyone, David here, your top three favorite host of Shonen Flop. I'm getting married, so in honor of that, we're doing a rerun of our Tokyo Demon Bride story episode. Next week we'll also be off, but instead of a normal rerun, we'll be airing our appearance on Anime Out of Context, where we discuss, as is no surprise, the Chainsaw Man anime adaption with Sean and Rem. Thanks for your understanding, and we'll be back with a regular episode on the 4th. This episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can get tons of exclusive content and help us keep the show going by joining us at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. Next week, we are going to be ranking every series we have read for our three-year anniversary. Holy shit. I know, it's wild, Jordan. God. But this week, we are talking about Tokyo Demon Bride Story, and we are joined by our guest, the wonderful Rev. Yes, hi, I'm, I'm Rev Scarecrow. Hey. I've been a, a streamer for about uh, uh, 10 or 11 years now. Jeez. You got in kind of early, didn't you? Yeah, we got in back in the live stream days when, like, no one was doing it. You know, we were happy to have, like, 50 people show up. Damn. And now you can just have, like, thousands. It's crazy, man. It's a totally different world than when I started doing this. That's awesome, though. You, you know, it, it really pays to get in on, the, like, that ground floor, though. I, I, I hope. It seems like it, yeah. I don't know how you start nowadays. It's so fun. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. I'll be honest with you. So what kind of stuff do you stream, Rev? I stream a little bit of everything. I'm a variety streamer. I know a lot of people say that that's just like a, a easy way of saying that I don't know what I'm doing with myself. Chat ends up picking a lot of the things that I stream. So I've finished all of Dognarampa, all of uh, 999 as far as anime stuff goes. Mm. Oh, 999. I've heard really good things about that. That's an interesting take. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Listen, like, okay, this isn't really spoilers, but it's sort of spoilers. There's a bit where you're locked in a freezer with someone. It's an escape room game at its core. And someone goes, hey, I know we're about to freeze to death, but have you ever heard of this conspiracy theory called Ice Nine? Oh, God. And then proceeds to spend like 10 minutes to tell you about it. And it's like, we're dying right now. Stop. Isn't Ice Nine just from a Kurt Vonnegut book anyway? Yeah, isn't that like a super form of water that causes the apocalypse? Yes, yeah, that, but it's real. Huh. It's like anime Saw with escape rooms. Yeah, that's the vibe I got. Yeah. Interesting. You should play it. Danganronpa's like even more anime uh, Ace Attorney. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Devs of both games, like the main person behind both are like really good friends. So they have like stuff that they do together. But stuff I've been streaming recently. Let's see. I've been doing a little bit of uh, Oblivion. Came back to that. Unmodded. Probably going to start Dishonored. I haven't touched that's that. That's so brave of you. To play Unmodded Oblivion. Yeah unmodded not even like the community patch that fixes it so you can actually like i don't know play it normally do you have like a soundboard of like that it's um shit what's the larry david show by a sarah by a sarah (laughs) the grand champion standing here next to me curb your enthusiasm like the intro where it plays just whenever the game crashes because you're playing unmodded skyrim as long as you don't all tab it's pretty okay it's not unmodded skyrim david it's unmodded oblivion oh i'm so sorry slightly more stable I actually recently played uh, Skyrim for the first time. Wow, what a janky ass fucking game. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so what if that, but like, what, 10 years earlier? So it's like tons of bloom. Like, people like emanate oh, light the from their fucking faces. Bloom. Oh, Bluvian. Oh. Their faces look all sorts of messed up. I don't know what happened. There's some really good quests. The Assassination Guild quests are fucking banger. Really? Yeah, it's like Hitman. Would you say the rest of its quality is like this manga? 
Nice transition. Yes. I would say that generally speaking, Bethesda stuff is very similar to this in that I don't know why it's <laughs> like this. So why don't we get into and hear a little bit about the background on this series. Jordan, do you mind telling us a bit about who created the series? This series was created by uh, Nakama Tadaichi. And the notable people they were an assistant for was Yuhiro Tsujiji of Snowball Earth, which is something I've never heard of. Never heard of that. Uh, the author's other works include three one-shots. The first is a Golden Future Cup entry in 2017 called Magical Boy X. Then Tokyo Grind Horror Channel in 2019. That sounds cool. And the one-shot for this series from 2021. This series ran between September 5th, 2022 to April 3rd, 2023. It replaced Doron Dororon by Gen Oska, which, uh, you know, we've covered. The series that replaced it was... Kill Blue by Tadatoshi Fujimaki of Kuroko's Basketball and a little go a little manga called Robot Laser Beam, Dave. <laughs> Which we're not re-reviewing because that series is really long and really racist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Listeners know, but Robot Laser Beam is about golf and it just gets super racist near the end for really no reason. Yeah. How? Not positive portrayal of a person of color. Sure. Okay, cool. Great. Good job, everyone. Imagine a drawing of King Kong with dreadlocks shows up. It's bad. It's bad. Okay. When was this made? In like 2015. Not long enough ago to act to be any kind of excuse, I can tell you that. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. A series that's in the same serialization around as uh, Tokyo Demon Bride was Ginka and Gluna by Shinpei Watanabe. I read a little bit of that. What the fuck is up with that series? <laughs> I don't know, but Jordan, we're actually going to cover that in a few episodes. Oh, cool. And anyway, this series ran for 29 chapters over four volumes. Oh, God. And why don't we find out what happened in those as we dive into your plot summary? Yeah. Jinta Hanafuda is just a high school guy working a billion part-time jobs to support his older and younger stepsisters and to pay off their grandpa's massive debt. Suddenly, though, a demon girl with a katana appears named Manaka. And by the way, when I say katana, they refer to it as Japanese sword, which gave me samurai cop flashbacks. <laughs> Ten years ago, when Jinta was a little kid, he said he'd marry her after saving her from drowning. And now, Manaka is back to make good on that proposal. Jita has no clue who the fuck she is until a frog girl named Keroru attacks and Jita once again saves her from drowning, which triggers the memory. Manaka, who I'm just remembering David called Monica, and I'm just gonna call her Monica from now on. Fair enough, honestly. Monica defeats frog girl and kicks her in the butt. And then Monica tells Jita that he's a sacred blood, which is like a chosen blood bloodline or something i don't fucking know and demons are gonna come to find him and eat him Ooh. Mm, spooky then he accidentally signs a blood contract saying that she can stay with him for a year. Soon, while working at an odd job, Jinta recognizes Keroru, who is really struggling to survive in the human world. And after saving her from unsafe workplace violations, they decide to let her be. Monica and Jinta have also started their new job of hunting spirits, which, you know, hey, uh, it pays pretty good. Monica takes out a spirit that likes sumo, and it doesn't matter. Keroru gives him an amulet to hide a special blood from demons, but they never use it. Oh, I totally it. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> forgot about it, didn't you? Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> 
After fishing up Kororu from a nearby lake, she informs Monica that Jita is being hunted by a cat girl named Miyako, a failed idol demon who went to school with Monica. She is absolutely pitiful. So Jita's sister, of course, lets her and Kororu stay at their place. Popcorn David. They're soon attacked by Tanakiyo, a strong, muscular Tanuki demon who also went to school with Monica. She challenges Monica to a duel for Jinta's sperm. Yes, that's really what happens. That's really what happened. That is literally what I've happened. I've never seen a girl more blatantly be like, I want to have sex with the protagonist of this harem series. I need your seed. I will get birth <laughs> We're making to babies. a strong warrior. First with an eating contest, and then with an actual duel, which she loses when she almost shits herself. Yes, that's really what <laughs> happened. From eating too much at the contest. That is literally what happens. God, I can't believe this series is real. All this time, there's been a spooky locked door in the basement of the household. Jinta and the demon girl bust through it to find a mummy, a charm, and a weird Frankenstein girl named Kabane, who gives him a cassette tape from his grandpa. She has a bunch of artifacts that make people grow and shrink and de-age. Kanabe then never does anything again and stops showing up after the next chapter. Then Jinta is abducted by a Mukuro, a demon who went to school with Monica and is in love with her. She actually is a little kid who uses bone magic to make herself appear older and never shows up again or matters after this chapter. Grandpa Hanafuda's cassette tells Chinta that he was a member of a group of demon fighters called the Saishi. And I was just imagining, I'm surprised Jordan didn't put a Hunter Hunter reference in. Yeah, I did think about that. Yes. Jordan always does that. It's like, I would have made that reference if I didn't suck, David. Yeah, it's clearly me. <laughs> <laughs> So the cassette tape says that he's a member of a group of demon fighters called the Saishi and the charm he gives him is meant to protect them when they're attacked by four evil bunny demons that Monica also went to school with because I guess that school had like a thousand yeah, people just in when it. when it's convenient, another schoolmate will show up. Yeah, pretty much. The author doesn't know what, what the hell to do next. It's like, well, I guess here you We're go. We're not supposed to talk about why it failed. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah, That's yeah. Later. I like how you can't describe this without pointing out its flaws. Very apparent while describing the series how bad it is. Yes. Our sections bleed into each other. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Fair enough. And so the charm turns into a mystical baseball bat that lets Jinta fight back. And with the help of Monica, he defeats them. Then they go to a spooky ramen shop owned by an evil demon. And they're saved by Kaido, a girl who's actually a bunch of ghosts and also went to school with Monica. She leads them to a sewer level where they fight Fishman. Ha ha, One Piece reference. Good job, Jordan. There we go. And Kaido reveals another One Piece reference because the character's name is Kaido. That was the joke, David. Kaido's fighting the Fishman. Mm, sure. Kaido reveals that the bunny sisters were sent by someone Monica knows. She also has one of the bunny girls living severed heads in her briefcase, which is fucked up. Was, yes. Popcorn Rev. I'm going to need a priest after this. I'm glad we have you with us. <laughs> after exercising his spirit at Jinta's school, he falls asleep on her shoulder while riding the train home, which means he misses a procession of demons who show up to tell Monica that her auntie in the demon world really wants her home. Soon, Monica disappears and everyone travels to the demon world to save her from her racist aunt who wants to kill her for trying to be in an interracial marriage. This is so accurate. Yes, that's yes. literally what happens. She demands that Jinta either gouge out his eye or cut off three fingers to prove that he cares about her but when he tries to do it the sword breaks on his hand monica's aunt says it was just a prank bro and she wants to make sure that jinta could protect her niece slash daughter because monica is an orphan like him blah 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 then jinta goes to school to discover that monica ten how the fuck do i pronounce this like Tanuki? Tanukio. Yeah, that. Okay. And Kaido are there. <laughs> Karakuro reveals that she heard from her mom that a big scary demon is coming to fight Jinta and only he can save the world, blah, blah, blah. They fight an unrelated scary demon and then the manga ends with Karakuro bringing her little cousins over to eat with them. Yeah, that was the manga. God, this manga had so many false starts in it. Yep. 
there were a ton of chapters as I was going through them to write the plot summary where I realized, oh, I can ignore this because nothing happens in this chapter. I don't know which ones you skipped. Which ones did you skip? The Power Rangers one. There was the Power Rangers one. There was like a demon crab. There was like, I don't know, stuff that wasn't memorable. I can tell you that. Just like these characters where I deleted three characters <laughs> I thought we might have to discuss, but then they never show up again. I'm like, oh, yeah. so let's get started with the main character. Rev, do you mind telling us about Jinta? Without these bullet points, I don't think I could do it. Jinta Ahanafuda, by the way, awesome card game. <laughs> God. That's the best thing is about the series that made him think of the card game. Yeah, you should probably play Hanafuda. Spend whatever time and money that you were going to spend. Isn't on- that how Nintendo started anyway? That's your six word summary is Hanafuda. Terrible manga. Great card game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A hardworking boy needs money. Sacred blood. Whatever the fuck that means. Uh, is a nice guy and is Batman, I guess. Because he's, he's got a bat. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. He's not like uh, Wayne the Bruce. I was like, what do you mean, Batman? I guess he goes around beating people up for really no reason. Sure. Yeah, pretty much. Except for, unlike Batman, he has no money. Gotta work his ass off. I don't know. He's he's boring. He's just kind of there. He's just kind of a nice guy. He's really protective of a girl who tricked him or accepted a very extreme contract that he accidentally signed and didn't. I was like, ah, sucks to be you, buddy. Yeah, there's a law in like the United States, at least, that children are not responsible for contracts that are signed like that. According to many anime I've seen, that doesn't seem to exist in Japan. But I, I mean, that's that, that's only according to anime. Yeah, it seems to be a, a fairly common trope in anime that we should get married when we get older. And one of them remembers that. Yeah. Speaking of Monica. She's feisty lady. She has demon powers who are really overpowered. And she talks in the third person, which I, I don't know if I didn't notice at first or if they just added that trait later. All the demons do. They do? Really? Karoru definitely does. Miyako definitely does. I don't know if Tanakio does, but like those three absolutely do. Miyako doesn't do it as much as the other two, but Monica and Karoru, it's constant. It is like all they do. Interesting. But yeah, she's kind of overpowered, so they have to keep making excuses of why her power. She like runs out of spirit juice. Stamina system! David's favorite thing, stamina system! Fucking hate stamina systems. By the way, Robot Laser Room is about golf and that had a stamina system. (laughs) I like her design, though. Yeah, it's a cool design. By the way, um, uh, Rev, why do you think Robot Laser Beam is called Robot Laser Beam? I would assume that there are robots. No. It's because he's autistic and he can hit a golf ball in a very straight line very far. I'm dead serious. That's why. It straight up says that he's just autistic and he has superpowers because of that? They don't say the word autistic, but they don't have to. Okay. <laughs> They say there are traits about him that allow him to harness this ability that other people do not possess. Yeah. So there's a reason we're not covering it. Yeah. Yeah, dude, don't hurt anyone with that. Jesus. Anyway, Jordan, why don't you tell us about the frog lady? So Kororu Midorikawa, honestly the best character in the whole manga for me. Ribbit. She has a personality, sort of. She has a fucking personality and she's like sympathetic and she's not there just to fuck Jinta. She's just like a frog girl. She's kind of pitiful. She showed up and like is just trying to survive with like shitty jobs where she's treated like crap all the time, like just completely taken advantage of. Have you seen My Hero Academia? Oh, like Froppy. Yeah, it's that girl. I think actually if you Google best girl My Hero Academia, she comes up. She should. Yeah. It's like, what if she didn't have really superpowers, but she had to work day jobs and they sucked? 
That's a good description of her. But yeah, I don't know. I prefer her to most of the other characters, but not by that much. Yeah. (laughs) Rev, will you mind telling us about the cat lady, the last character I think that has any sort of relevance in the series? I barely remember her existing. I'll be honest. I don't even remember where she showed up at. She's just like a cat girl. Yeah. And is stupid. I think Jordan skipped describing how she shows up. Uh, no, it was in there. It's oh, was something it? about like she was going to go kill Jinta, but you know, like every other girl in this series, she stopped doing that. Yeah. And she is dumb even by the series' standards. Yeah. They literally say she was held back in Demon School. So she's older than, than Monica. God, this series should have been held back in manga creating school. Hey! Yeah. But Rev, why don't you tell us why it should have been held back as we get into why it failed? So, okay, when when you guys emailed me about being on here, I didn't realize that, like, some of the ones that you guys cover are bad. (laughs) Most of the series we cover are bad. The vast majority of the manga we cover is bad. So you're like, what kind of stuff do you like? And, you know, I I gave you some, you know, stories that I like. And you're like, oh, okay, okay, we'll find something similar. Uh, And I'm like, just not harem stuff. And you're like, okay, okay. And then you send me this and I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Did you specify not harem stuff? David! You're totally fine. I don't care. The more concerning bit was for me to try and figure out how to say something nice about this series, because like I tweeted out while I I don't remember how many chapters. I think it was like five or six chapters in. I tweeted out. I was like, what are the most generic things that can happen in a manga? And they hit all of the points. It has pages. It has panels. It has words. And I realized the people who follow me are assholes. But honestly, before you read this, if you ever decide to read this, which you shouldn't because you have only so many hours on this world and you should not waste it this way. But if you decide to make a bingo board of all of the most basic things that happen in an anime or manga and and see how long it takes for you to get bingo, I would assume by chapter like five or six, you can make it. I I guessed a lot of what was going to happen in this manga. Yeah. But honestly, like this manga, one of the frustrating things here is that you can tell as soon as the author doesn't know what to do, he introduces another character, another demon girl. Yeah. And that means that he doesn't expand on the demon girls he's already got. So as a result. Yeah, he dropped the mummy girl almost immediately. Yeah. She lived in his basement his whole Where life. Where did she go? She can live her life now that she's handed over the cassette tape. Well, now what did she do? Like, where did she go? What do you do? She despawned. It's like in a video game after the quest is done. Okay. (laughs) You're playing Oblivion. You should know this. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I feel like the series is barely a harem because it's just like a harem by the fact that he keeps amassing characters and doing nothing with them. And that's really the only scaffolding you can kind of attach to this character structure. Yeah. Yeah, saying that this is a harem is difficult because none of the girls that hang out with him really want to get with him. Except for one, but that's that's it. She's not even a recurring character. She shows up like twice. Yeah, I mean, Monica does. That's who I was talking about. Monica does. And she's having one girl that likes you is not a harem. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And also, it's weird. If there was a harem, her attitude, her behavior would make so much more sense. But without there being other girls who are trying to get with him, just seems like she's kind of insane. Anytime anyone talks to him, she's like right there being like, get the fuck away from my boyfriend. This series does not pass the vibe check. No. The entire plot of this manga where under false pretenses, he signed a contract just makes this entire series kind of fucked up at what the purpose of it is. Well, it's also like there's like supposed to be like a switch that flips and it's like, oh, he actually really likes her, you know, but like, I don't know why. I really don't know. Why does she like him? 
Oh, it's Stockholm Syndrome. I guess he's just a really nice guy. I mean, like, in the first chapter, and for a long time after that, the only thing they say about Monica is that she's cute. Like, that's the only positive that they give for her. That's the only trait she has. Yeah. She's also, by the way, like, I think it said 17 or 16, which is a weird thing to point out and then make as a romantic interest. Yeah. I don't know how old he is. Well, he's still in high school, so it's not like... It's not like a huge difference, but it is just like, why are you... It's all just weird. And also the series doesn't know what genre it wants to be. Cause you're right. I think it did try to be a harem for like two chapters and then became fantasy comedy. And then it's like an action shonen. I mean, David, yeah. you nailed it earlier. It's trying to be witch watch. Oh fuck. We haven't talked about witch watch yet. Yeah. I don't know what that is. So witch watch is essentially the same plot as this, uh-huh. but done way, way, way better. Way better. In that witch watch is about a teenage witch who as a child fell in love with a guy who is part ogre, who is now her uh, kind of like guardian. And it's about okay. their antics where they slowly amass a cast of like monster characters. Like there's a vampire, uh-huh. there's a Frankenstein character. Some of them went to school with her, too. (laughs) Yeah. And it's all about her fun antics of being a witch. But the difference is all of the character writing is really good. And it's actually very funny. Okay. Like, she has a crush on him and she wants to be with him and he doesn't, like, get it. But she's not like this. Like, she's not this, like, pushy and be like, you must marry me. It's like she's trying to do things like, you know, dress cuter for him and stuff. Like, it's like, that's the kind of thing she does, which is, like, fine. Sure. And normal. You get it. Like, normal people do. Yes. Like, they feel like normal people. Like, oh, my God. The characters in this, when they don't feel crazy, they feel they feel like nothing. Frogger the cat girl, because at least the cat girl kind of knows she's an idiot, which is more character insight than most other characters. And the frog girl kind of exists as a person. The frog girl at least feels like she's living her own life. I think that there's something there. You could probably make like, I mean, I think that's what like Satan works at McDonald's or what's the name oh, of the devil's a part-timer. Yeah. Like you could make that with her and it'd be good. Yeah. But whatever they're doing with this right now, I don't care. No. You know? No. If I may go into another angle of something I don't like, I, did you guys think the art was kind of weird? Like it felt like he was using a filter or drawing over 3D models. It was like, I think I've seen this before. He won't break character model despite this being a comic. I didn't get that sense. There's no stretch. I saw you comment on that, but I didn't I didn't see it. I feel like the art is like the one thing I don't really have many bad things to say about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The art is is banger. Yeah. Maybe the art's just too good for Shonen Flop. I mean, it's not as good as Witch Watch's art, but it's pretty damn good. It feels like a real manga. And that's part of why I was so confused when I got sent this, because I was like, is this what good manga is? No, it's not. I don't read that much manga. My wife does. And usually she's the one that recommends stuff for me, you know, and and will watch the anime usually. Sorry, I'm real basic when it comes to this stuff. But so I haven't read that many. And so this was kind of one of my first jumping in points on manga. And I don't recommend that. I will gladly recommend you good manga. Okay. Something I really that really bugged me is that, oh, my God, this does like the thing that a lot of manga do, a lot of bad manga do. Like, I remember uh, Phantom Seer did this and it really annoyed me where it was like um, they'll introduce something and it's like it seems like foreshadowing. It's like, oh, they're laying down a Chekhov's gun and then the thing just immediately appears. They're like, hey, Jinta, be wary of this girl named uh Tanukio, she's really strong and fucking crazy. One page later, oh shit, there she is. There's Tanukio. Oh my god, she just happened to be here. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. 
They do this multiple times. Like, I think they reveal that the charm has a secret weapon thing in it, and then just immediately it turns into the secret weapon. Like, why was that ramen shop so intense when you'd already just had an intense arc? Well, the ramen shop, not only was it intense, but like you see like this creepy ramen shop owner and then he just turns into a demon. Like pretty much right from the get go. He's like, yes, come in, sit down. Yeah, I'll be right back with your ramen. And it's like, huh, this is a great place it's to die for. Yeah. How about you build up some goddamn tension? You know, like, or you know what would be great? Like, I don't understand why she likes him. Like name four things about him. I can't. He's got that good semen, according to that one girl. Yeah. Nice hair. And he looks like every just whatever, like self-insert character ever. He's got the magic blood, which they wouldn't stop fucking mentioning. But they haven't explained what the fuck that means, right? No. He's just like, he's got magic blood and that's important to demons for some reason. But apparently people are totally fine with like, it's the Vegeta arc. Once you get your ass kicked, you're our friend now. Literally, yes. With every single female character that comes along, they kick their ass and then they no longer want to kill him and steal his blood or his cum or whatever. And Monica literally kicks their ass, too. I I should mention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he doesn't gain any agency until halfway through the series anyway. No. Mm. She was kind of his stand for the first half of the series, which actually sounds cooler than it was. Oh, yeah. Speaking of things that are cool, why don't we get into what it did well? Jordan, I know you love Jojo and I know you love some things about the series. I think probably maybe what were they? As we mentioned, the art was actually very nice. I was surprised at how bad the manga was because of how high quality the art was. Like, I really just don't have many issues with the art. I thought that they were very detailed. You know, he depicts the characters at strange angles and it still looks good. Like, I never felt like the panels were that cluttered. The demon designs were very cool. Yeah, I I just don't really have many bad things to say about it i think it was very good also like one note about tanakio it's very rare to see especially in manga where you have a girl who's just like big and muscular like let that. me tell you about this manga called red hood no david that's that's a different thing she was big and muscular in like a hot way whereas tanakio was just big and muscular in like a more Mm -hmm. realistic way like she didn't feel sexualized the way the debonair diamond was which one is tanakio that's the tanuki girl okay gotcha like uh debonair diamond in uh in uh red hood a character that david has a crush on the author very clearly <laughs> also thought she was hot mm. i don't really get that from tanukio in this manga yeah totally spies moment where they're just like here are all my fetishes enjoy oh yeah there were definitely a lot of thinly veiled fetishes in this series though yeah in uh in red hood <laughs> too <laughs> oh red hood it wasn't thinly veiled No, yeah, it was like right the fuck out there. If you liked thick, strong, muscular women, that was literally every female protagonist in that manga. I've never seen anybody in any manga, maybe in anything, draw better thick women than the uh, artist of Red Hood. It's it's impressive. So one of the things that this did well was it reminded you of a better manga. Yes! Well, Witch Watch, primarily. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
there were like some cute moments like there was like a superhero thing where like uh you which know, you skipped but it was cute which i skipped because it was completely fucking irrelevant to the plot in any way where monica sees basically like common rider on tv one day and then thinks it's real and then runs into the actors and it turns out that oh my god dave wait this is the plot of a chapter in witch watch this is like an example what the fuck dude i mean this series at its best is like c-tier witch watch like i think one of my favorite things is when the cat lady tells the cats to attack and they're like uh you didn't pay us to attack anyone and they leave that is actually my favorite moment yeah that's great that is the funniest thing that happens and that's like c-tier material for witch yeah watch. they were like well how should we attack and she's like okay guys so first you jump down from the tree while peeing and then you run around him and jump on him while peeing and they're like that's uh that's a little embarrassing actually um as a human being, I'm embarrassed. Yes. Something I also like is they actually had this unexpected message of how step siblings are still real siblings, which I thought was a really cute thematic touch. I was ready for them to to get it on at some point, like that they were going to join the harem. But yeah, they stayed as not part of the harem, which was nice. Although the harem was mostly platonic anyway. So, I mean, I guess they were. Who knows? I'm surprised Jordan hasn't t- talked more about his older sister because Jordan loves goblin mode characters. I thought you were like, I'm glad Jordan hasn't talked about his own older sister. And I'm like, what? What? Why would I? What? <laughs> I don't know. The older sister was like, she was fine. But I mean, she's a trope, too. She's the irresponsible older sister trope. She wasn't that interesting. None of them were. No. Uh... No. Like, when we say that a character's interesting, keep in mind the bar is real low. We're just trying to find something nice to talk about. Yeah. I did really like the moment where the moments where um, Kiroru got fired from her job at the retail store. That felt very real to me as a former retail worker. Yeah. You know, just like asshole customers being dicks. Like he was making fun of her for her goddamn speech impediment. Like, fuck you. And then her boss was just like, fuck you, get out. Yeah, that was pretty real. That was that was mm-hmm. very real for me. I, I was like, I feel for you, Kiroru. That's probably why I like her, because like, damn. Yeah. Well, like she has like... I- I don't know anything going on with her yeah like she has a character you can we could we could talk about her character but i don't feel like i can do that with literally the main character like i don't know what he wants what does he want from this world yeah we got little things where it's like oh yeah my mom sent me this and like we got little drawings of her mom and it's cute and at the end she shows up with her like two little cousins you know and and i like that yeah man you're actually making this bit sound good We've read way worse than this, Rev. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, God, you don't understand. This is not this... even like the bottom 50 percentile. This is not even close yeah. to the bottom at all. This is like mid-tier. This is that annoying bad where it's like, it's not so bad, it's funny. It's just kind of generic and tropey. Yeah. Like, this isn't a situation where it's like, man, this manga sucks ass. You gotta read it. It's not like the room where it's bad and you should enjoy it. There's nothing here, man. There's nothing. Just the most generic tropes one after another. There's no artistic vision. And I'm curious to know, did the artist work on this? Like, is that the author? Yeah, it was all made by one guy. That explains so much. This guy, he's a great artist. I can tell that. You mentioned here that they change outfits. They do. Yeah. Which is super cool. Like, there's so much work put into the designs and art and stuff like that. Like, Monica's design is great. I agree. She is cute. They say, oh, she looks cute. They're right. She is cute. She's adorable. She's adorable. They're all adorable. She's just really weird. She has the same eyebrows as Ravioli. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love some of the facial expressions. There were some good or at least some decent sight gags. But yeah, it's very clear that the creator were, spent way more time on the art than the writing. Yeah, as I told you guys, the art is the best part. There's no notes on the art. Yeah, yeah. no notes. It's great. <laughs> Lying through my teeth about that. Is it meant to be a like show reel? Like, hey, hire me <laughs> for your project. This is what I do. Sometimes they'll like give artists that struggle with the writing writers. So like, for instance, Dr. Stone was the pairing of someone who could only write with someone who really an artist who couldn't draw very well. I mean, that worked out really well. You mean an artist who couldn't write very well, David? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I that was going to say, what? He's like an artist that couldn't draw very well. Why, is he, why are they having him as an artist? Oh, it's me. Hire me. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, if this guy does something else like that, he could be cool. Yeah, no. Yeah. Speaking of the things they could have been doing, I feel like that's a good segue into going into where it could have gone. Jordan, you know who would be the perfect writer to team up with this guy? Oh, uh, the guy who wrote Witch Watch? No, the guy who wrote Bakujan. Okay. Because he can't draw very well. Mm, he can also uh, make a cute manga that has no plot. Yeah. So, Rev, for context, Magu-chan is what if a bunch of elder gods lost their powers and got kind of adopted as pets by teenage girls? That sounds fine. Yeah, sure. Okay. It's a very cute series. It's very cute. We're wrapping up a mini series on it because it was too long to cover in a main episode, but it's it's a sure. fun, wholesome read where like they build a treehouse in the woods and one of them dreams of becoming a chef instead of being the god of nightmares or insanity. That sounds adorable. God, you know that a series is bad when we just start talking about a completely different series. Like, Yeah, okay, okay, back to this, back to this. Yeah. So where it could have gone, I feel like, what if this really went into the whole wedding thing and it was actually about them having to plan like a supernatural wedding and you see a bunch of wedding tropes, but instead of it being like a normal wedding, it's about demons. So it's like, we talked about the cheapy, I thought it would have been cool if like he had no friends and he had to like go on a quest to find his best man or his groomsman and that was like a big plot. Or it's like, what food do you serve at a wedding that is half human, half demon? Yeah. I would also like to see him take any interest in her rather than like, I guess I'll cut off my fingers. I really don't want to see her hurt. I mean, I I don't know that well but like it would suck to be like i would feel personally responsible if she died so i mean I'll, I'll do something to stop this sure yeah like that's what it felt like that arc actually was starting i'm like oh shit are we actually getting some sort of plot and then the series ends and i'm like oh no 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 family drama was great like oh she's insane uh, whatever but like her family doesn't want her to do this which fair enough honestly this is a stupid decision on her part she made that decision when she was like 10 or something yeah. So like, yeah, no, this is a bad decision. Her aunt is right. You know, her horribly racist aunt is correct. <laughs> you shouldn't just marry this guy that you just met and have known for all of like maybe an hour prior to like saying that you want to marry him. The reason she didn't want her to marry him was not good, but the conclusion was correct. True, true. So like, you know, yeah, the supernatural wedding thing, I hadn't thought of that. I would just like to see them go on a date. Maybe one that he doesn't realize is a date, but she's treating it like a date. And so she gets all dressed up and he's just wearing like slobbish shit. And he's like, yeah, I gotta go do this package delivery or whatever, because like, that's my job. She's like, okay, cool. Like, I just want to hang out with you. Something like that could be yeah. interesting where it's just like, it's not a date really, but she treats it as one. And then like, he kind of realizes that he likes her, like any sort of progression on their relationship at all to make the payoff of him wanting to cut off his fingers to save her life mean anything at all yeah i was actually surprised that he was like upset that she left yeah like, <laughs> she seemed like a horrible burden on him yeah there was never any like justification for why 
he started to like her. She was always like mean and she was always like very self-serving. You know, she said sorry a couple times, but it was just like, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem like she was ever really interested in him. It didn't seem like he was super interested in her. But honestly, what along with that, what I really think should have happened is that like, stop introducing new characters. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, if you don't know what you're doing with them, don't. If you have to introduce Kororu and Miyako and then stop, just stop. Just spend like 20 chapters getting to know these characters at least. Like, yeah, tell me about them. Have these characters interact instead of introducing sure. new monster girls that just disappear because you have nothing for them to do. Well, it's because the artists just love designing and drawing these characters, and that's why he just keeps throwing them out. Yeah. Yeah. You said there was a pendant that hid the fact that he had, like, sacred blood? I don't even remember that. Where did that there come from? There was one panel where it's, like, in the second or third chapter where it's revealed that, like, Kororu sends him a package and he's like, oh, this is a little pendant from Kororu. If I wear it around my neck, then it will hide my scent from demons, but I can only wear it for a little bit. If I wear it too much, it'll break. And so you <laughs> think, oh, that's going to be used at some point. It'll be dramatic. No, never come comes back never ever comes back yeah that would be cool make it like how about like real fucked up big demon that wants to like eat his soul or whatever comes by and so he puts it on and they're doing a runaround thing because they can't defeat it and then it breaks that's that's cool that's drama hey, do you remember how in the first chapter uh monica shows up with like a whole posse of demons and they just never show up again yeah <laughs> what if they showed up again what if they showed up again david Maybe it's like, oh, we're not just living in this house with Monica. We're now living in this house with a shitload of demons. Yeah, the demons are like his guards and they're all like his aunt or her aunt where they're like. And they're all like fucked up and weird and like that. Well, that's the thing is like that's a part of wedding planning is you have to awkwardly meet someone's entire family, right? Yeah, I would love to see that arc. Like I just had a bridal shower and I had a deal with meeting all having all of Rachel's relatives in my house for a weekend. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's like that experience. But what if they were demons? It's like the series, I feel, writes itself where you have the dumb wedding tropes, but it's about demons. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Like either go the action route or do the wedding. Thing. I don't know about you, David. I'd rather deal with demons than my in-laws. <laughs> Fucking <A. laughs> I'm not married. Hey, All right. Let's go into miscellaneous thoughts with that. <laughs> <laughs> we have talked about how this is similar to Witchwatch, but you know what other manga, Jordan, this is extremely similar to? Bone Collection. <laughs> My favorite manga. Yeah, so Bone Collection is also about a demon who is obsessed with a human and forces her to marry him. Or sorry, forces him to marry her. What what genre is it? Uh, shit genre. It is an action manga about yokai, and it's really stupid, and it's literally a plot element that he has to, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, Jordan? Uh, grope her to gain yeah, powers? Yeah, he has to grope her as to access his superpowers, because he has to physically take out tools out of her body, which are her bones. Oh, okay. And also, you ask what genre it is. Well, it's like three different genres because it changes. Similar to this one, yeah. It's like three different manga stuck together. One of them is like kind of decent. And then after three chapters, it turns into something really shitty. And then after like 10 chapters, it turns into something even worse. Yeah. And then it gets good when there's like a really obscure metal reference that Jordan loved. Yeah. That, the only thing is that there was a really obscure Japanese metal reference and I looked it up. It's like, oh, that's a cool band. Cool. All right. Thank you for showing it to and me. And they did actually get married at the end, unlike this series. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. This series is still a lot better than Bone Collection. Again, Rev, you don't know how deep the barrel goes. 
Yeah, I suppose that's true. It's sort of like when someone sits you down, they're like, dude, this is the best movie ever. Dude, <laughs> I gotta show you this movie. Or like you try and show someone a YouTube video because you think it's funny and then they just sit there not laughing for the whole 20 minutes. And the worst is when they tap the screen. That's the worst. Yeah, I thought that that was what was going to happen when we did this podcast until you guys started going, oh, man, this fucking sucks. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, man, I'm so upset now. I want to read that manga that we made up where like it's the demon has to marry the guy and the guy has to marry her. And like they're going through their wedding stuff and it's like awkward and weird. I want to read that now. Where's that manga? Yeah. We actually have a channel just for pitching manga ideas. And we have some people that actually sometimes will take those ideas and make real manga out of them. Yeah. Do that. You hear me, fans? My little minions? <laughs> I command you. Do it. And make it so he actually falls in love with her at some point, please. Don't do it in a show don't a show not tell way. This series did so much show don't tell where it's just like, oh, he's such a nice guy. It, it reminds me of the room where How? they're just like, oh, Johnny's such a nice guy after we've seen him be an asshole for like the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure why everyone likes him. Yeah. In order for him to do random favors, he has to be paid, right? Yeah. So, like, you know. I have a question in terms of the plot. Why did they go with Kaido into the sewers when they didn't trust her? That seems like the most blatant, like, setting up for an ambush or something place you could possibly take someone. Hey, let me take you into this murder cave. I swear to God, I'm not going to murder you in there. And it all worked out fine. But I was like, how did you possibly trust this person to go into an underground location? Yeah. Because, David, everything has a fucking sewer level. It's true. And everything has Maxi B thoughts. So I want to say Maxi B, thank you for providing us a ref for context. Maxi B is our manga historian. So they have provided us some interesting tidbits of trivia about this series. So Karakus, Caro Blaster in Chapter 12 seems to be a reference to Caro Blaster, the game by Daisuke Pixel Amaya. So that was by the guy who made Cave Story. Oh, and he right. got fucked over with Cave Story and he made a video game complaining about how much his publisher fucked him over. And it's expressed for the story of a frog being sent out on dangerous missions by an incoherent, increasingly bloated cat though it might be a stretch <laughs> in the same chapter you get a reference to jack chopping the tour down in the stanley kubrick's classic stephen king adaption of the shining which i noticed that actually is the second time i've read a manga that had that reference the less subtle one was in vinland saga oh speaking of rev that's a good manga okay and then the first three chapters got a vomic in jump's youtube channel like a comic david a vomic of sorry a vomic <laughs> they call it a vomic what a fucking great name yeah. for it. So it's a voice comic. I mean, it's in Japanese. Yeah, those are their fun bits of trivia. So I think Maxi B didn't have a ton to do with this series, unfortunately. But yeah, did, did you guys have any other miscellaneous thoughts? This manga is a miscellaneous thought. Yeah, it's kind of like flow of thought as a manga, sort of throwing stuff out there. Like, it does feel like he just introduced characters because he wanted to design XYZ character. He had no plan for this. This, like... <laughs> What I love is that this series had one of the funniest way to end. So for uh, so for reference, we've mentioned this many times, but Rev, there's about three ways that canceled manga end. And this one has the funniest kind, which is it just pretends that it didn't end. Yep. I was like, did I read all of it? Yeah. For reference, the other ones are there. There's a time skip and uh, everything is solved. OK. The other one, let's see, there is... The other one is they actually finish all of the plot lines in three chapters, and it's terrible. <laughs> and then there's, like, a hidden fourth option where you just get super meta, but that doesn't didn't happen here. This was... Uh... Yeah, that's what happened in Red Hood, where he literally talks about how his editor ruined the series. Like, it just breaks the fourth wall, and he basically <laughs> just spends those few chapters, like... You can only get that on New Game Plus. Yeah, 
he basically spends those three chapters heavily implying that he blames his editor for fucking up the whole manga. And in his defense, he had like what was considered the worst editor at Shonen Jump. Yeah. Is it a good manga? Should I read that one? It's good for like a few chapters until it just starts being bad. Okay. And then it gets really crazy town at the end. Yeah, the ending is kind of worth it. Like, <laughs> Since we're talking off topic, why don't we go into the final verdict? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Jordan, I think we have a record for most six word summaries. Really? So I'm going to start by reading the community ones because I think we have something like 15. Jeez. Tucker said Sakura Tetsu smeared with catgirl feces slash several manga in a harem trench coat. Maxi B, a harem manga for a romantic people. <laughs> That one's very accurate. Dackerson, more like Tanuki down bad story. Oh, and we didn't even talk about her aunt. Oh, yeah. You mean her illustrious aunt that they referred to with the phrase illustrious over and over again, like it was supposed to, like, mean something to me? Yeah. She's very fancy and very important in the demon world for reasons. Yeah, for reasons. She is something all right. <laughs> Digi Lisa Yil Paul says chocolate scene, but waifus. Dude rocks. Just OK. Love the ending, though. Portal Man. Just ignore the girl with the horns slash. It's like unsleeping city, but worse. The wolf, the wood, the Trafalgar. Beginning felt uninspired, so I dropped. Oh, you know what? That's fair. That's completely fair. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine until that fucking Tanuki slash Karoo's part time journey spinoff, please. Yep. Yes. Lord Anubis would have survived if it was hornier. It might have survived. I don't know if it would have been better. I was just realizing this is a bit of a trope with like anime and manga in general, but like boobies were under control. That's true. Yeah, I actually was surprised the cat girl wears a skirt. Yeah, and like all of their tits are like normal-ish. They're not anime like huge bazingas. The only one who isn't was the ant, but that also kind of made sense for her. And that was the point. Yeah. And she was also, you know, a mature woman who's not a young girl. Yeah. <laughs> like... Well, technically, the demon lady, she's like a thousand years old. But... <laughs> sure. But like, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Would have survived if it was hornier. Yeah. I mean, that's one of two directions you go with this. Yeah. Continuing down. Real. Was this supposed to be harem? Kermit the Grog. Those four words in any order. Luffy. Demon girl arrives. Gets beat. Repeat. Slash found family of harem subsects. Hmm. From Thor's battle. Wait. Mystery. Wait. Harem. Wait. Kirby Mon. Tokyo. Demon's bride. Not much story. That's I, I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> Chemichems, Tokyo, Demon, Brides, Suppose All True. Chicken Warlord, My Blood Can't Be This Desirable. <laughs> That's Jordan's favorite of the day, I guess. There is an anime, all I'm going to say, and you can infer anything you want from it, is My Little Sister Can't Be This Cute. Yeah, actually, I found out about that one because it's available at my local library. Oh, Jesus. That's actually the first anime we ever parodied for cover art. <laughs> yeah. I saw it on the shelf and I'm like, no, don't read it. I feel like I need to call the cops and myself for just looking at the cover. I basically got tricked into watching it. I was uh, like a freshman at college and these friends of mine were like, hey, Jordan, you want to go to an anime club? Yeah, we're going to watch my little sister. It can't be this cute. And I'm like, that sounds kind of uh, kind of weird and incesty. And they're like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then I watched it and like, no, it's not fine. Actually, it still seems kind of incesty. And then I never watched it again <laughs> because why would I? Oh, God. From Meru, good MC backstory? No. Battle manga <laughs> from Lord Anubis. Story, I sure hope it does. From Tree, nah, it's just Blackbird rebranded. Bump up Luli says one is lethal, one is merciful. Xylon, you're better off reading Monster Masume. Resident Warhammer nerd, local brother keeps adopting new sisters. <laughs> yeah, they're sisters. Diego, demon and bride, not much story. Orange says, I always wanted a demon wife. Isekai Sensei says, happy demon wife, happy demon life. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. 
another one from Mirror with Slice of Vibe, Battle Show Mr. Harem, Blamumu. Standard setup, standard story, standard letdown. The Yeti, Yearning Yokai, Yojimbo Yields, Yonful Yarn. And finally from Bump Bop, Bonica is gonna kick your ass. God, that was, that was so many fucking six-word summaries. Holy shit. They were really good, too. Best six-word summary in community is just going to be from this one. Yeah, wow. Rev, what was your six-word summary? Made for everyone, enjoyed by none. Oh, that's good. Brutal. How about you, Jordan? Demon World's shittiest high school reunion. Nice, nice. Mine was Demon Bride Needs Plot Marriage Counseling. Nice. Mm. And then finally, was this a flop or not? I guess we don't have to ask if this is a, not a no, flop. No, this is great. You should absolutely read this. Yeah, yeah, not a flop. No, it's it's a flop. Mm. Now, and if you're actually stupid enough to believe that, then you should read it because you'll enjoy it. So, is this a certified flop though, or not? No, not Man, to I me. I don't know what that means. So, Rev, a certified flop is. Would you use the word terrible to describe this series? It's fine. That's the problem with it. It's fine. It's not bad enough. Yeah. You know, if it sucked, at least I could be like, dude, this sucks. You should read it, you know? Yeah. But it doesn't. It's just fine. Rev, might I introduce you to a little series called Tokyo Shinobi Squad? Oh, God. <laughs> That's a so bad. It's it's kind of good sometimes. <laughs> it's so racist and so bad. At one point, they go into a terrorist district of town where everybody there is a terrorist. Don't show him the fascist manga. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. T and C are bad guys. Yes. What? Mis like Mr. T, Mr. T? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Sia just shows up and she's a bad guy. Yeah. What? Yeah. Why? That's the kind of manga you, you want to read that it's so enjoyable to read how bad it is. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that I wish this was, but it wasn't. Oh, oh you God. say that. Just wait till you read Tokyo Shinobi Squad. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll give you a list of really good and really bad manga. Just intermix them so I don't know what I'm dealing with. <laughs> We'll break it down for you. Cool. So, Jordan, I, I'm with him. I think this was just a normal flop. You disagree? No, I agree. It's, it's a flop. Perfect. Then, Rev, what would you say someone should check out instead of reading this? So, I'm not, like, huge into anime and manga, but I did find this series that my wife recommended. It's got an anime. I don't know if it has a manga. I don't know how much the manga is different than the anime, but it's called Hakame and Mikochi. Oh, I'm not familiar. It is slice of life with these tiny little like fairy women. And it's one of those manga that they like, they'll make like something. And it's like every step of the process. And I'm like, damn, I could make soap now or whatever. <laughs> like I could build a wall. Like it's really cute. If you just want a nice comfy anime to watch and just chill, it's good. There's a necromancer who's not evil. You know, they're doing interesting stuff. Oh, that's a fun trope. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Hakame and Mikochi. I think it has like a longer name. Definitely, I'll check it out. That sounds really fun. And then, Jordan, my, my recommendation is really boring, so why don't you go before me? Oh, you recommended Witch Watch, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Witch Watch is a very cute and fun... It just makes you chuckle at how silly it is. Yeah, let's see. Uh, God of War Ragnarok. Okay. That's good. It's, it's good. Unlike this, it's <laughs> okay. good. There you go. My favorite anime, God of War. <laughs> my favorite anime? My favorite yes. Arab anime, God of War Ragnarok. We also got to recommend Scoob and Shag, which is yes. one of the best action mangas ever made. Scoob and Shag is great. It starts as a Scooby-Doo and Shaggy like gag comic that somehow okay. has turned into a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure parody that is actually one of the best things I've ever read. What the fuck? What is it again? So essentially what happens is it gets normal and then it just kind of spirals out of control and everyone turns out to have superpowers called Bollywoods. Okay, sure. And it just turns into stand battles where they have these their fucking powers. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Scooby-Doo has... Scooby has a, a... A stand. Okay. Has a stand. Okay, great. 
he can <laughs> he has a gun which <laughs> lets him use his superpowers. That's what was this called again? It's called Shag and Scoob. Shag and Scoob. We're going to have the author of that comic on in a few episodes. I am. I have to go check this out. Hell yeah. You can read the whole thing in like maybe five hours. Oh, I've seen that guy. I've seen that. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> unironically, it's really, really good. I need. I want to get more people into it. I had to finish it. I was really okay. enjoying it. And big shout out to Snake, our last guest who recommended it to me. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, to Snaker rules. And then now that we're done talking about the series, let's move into shout outs. I want to say, Rev, thank you so much for being on the show. It was an absolute blast having you on. Mind telling the end where they can find all the awesome stuff you do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and thank you so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Just search Rev Scarecrow, R-E-V, Scarecrow, like the thing that stands in the field and does nothing. Similar to me, I do nothing most of the time. So I'm a streamer. I post stuff on YouTube sometimes. I'm a painter. You can go follow Rev Scarecrow Arcade if you want to watch me paint stuff and talk about art. Oh, shit. I'm a painter, too. Hell yeah. Jordan puts the pain in paint. One Ellen Collin, two and Mullen dot com. There you go. There's a link. Hell yeah. Ooh, nice. I also want to say props to Jordan for making the opening ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with the editing. Thank you, David. And thank you for, for doing so much work on this podcast as well. Thank you. No, no problem. Props to Merlisle for the awesome cover. I thought this one was a really fun one where we had my big fat demon wedding. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. You can find her online at Lyle Mert and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thank you, Dylan, for assistance with editing. Find his podcast, Aim Out of Context, at AnimeContext.com, which Jordan and I are going to be on pretty soon talking about Chainsaw Man. <laughs> <laughs> Not to brag, but we got cut off because we spent too much time talking about it. So that was sorry, Dylan. Thank you to Tucker, who is listening in right now, and Maxi B for their assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. Find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts in. Hey, if you can follow us on YouTube, we're almost at a thousand, or even just dropping a comment. It's always fun to see activity on the YouTube channel. Let's go. Come join the Shonen Flop Discord. It's open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us, talk about anime, games, or whatever else is on your mind. We might even be having our book club start up again now that Luke is married. He no longer has to worry about his, I was going to say his demon bride, but that sounds really mean. (laughs) Yeah. But he no longer has to worry about his regular human bride. You can find a link to it in our show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We wouldn't be able to keep running the show without their support. Get a lot of awesome perks like exclusive monthly content, including Jordan. What are we releasing this month? The next part of our deep dive on Magu-chan. Yes, we are almost done. So we'll have to start thinking about what we're going to start covering next. Yes, featuring Great Big Sword. The guests on our favorite episode of 2021, our Build King episode, which Rev, if you want to read something absolutely so terrible, read that. <laughs> Bill King? Fucking the worst thing. Oh, Bill King fucking sucks. <laughs> what is the six word summary of that one? Don't fucking read Bill King. Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do not fucking read Build King. There we go. There you go. Yep. <laughs> you can even be sitting into our recording right now or listening to the warm up audio. Find it at patreon.com slash flop. And I want to read off some of our wonderful patrons. So starting with our Chainsaw Man patrons, we have Dude Man Bro Guy. And my doctor said I'm low on vitamin D. So I'm listening to all the apps featuring Daddy D's sultry voice. Mm, I think that's Dylan, but it could be me. We'll talk about that later, Ozzy Rat. I'm just kidding. I know it's Dylan. I was watching a TV show and someone had a really deep voice and she was like, oh, they must use an effect. I was like, some people just have deep voices. And I played an audio clip of Dylan's voice from the start of Anime Out of Context. And I just realized (laughs) Dylan's going to hear me saying that as he edits this episode. So Dylan, feel free to insert an example of how deep your voice is here if you want. That entirely depends on how deep you want it, David. He probably will, too. 
down pitch it like eight tones just to fuck with people. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan uh, sing, sing a King Diamond song. <laughs> You're evil. Next up, we have the ravioli tier, which is, as I've told Rev, a tier where you just get weekly photos of my dog. Because Ravioli, who is a very good girl, and we have Chris, Eva, Israfant, Josh Robinson, Karate Chopsticks, Rachel, yes, she pays for photos of her own dog every week because she loves me that much. Talk about a supportive a supportive spouse. Scarlett Mierminen and Trevor Schechner. Wow, David, she's your wife now. Yeah, not not yet. Jordan, yeah. you're going to my wedding. You said spouse. I hate the word fiance. <laughs> yeah, it's close enough, man. Yeah, it's close enough. No, I'm making fun because David either calls her his girlfriend or his spouse. Like, never fiance. No, no. Fiance is a weird term, and just when you get used to it, then it's like you don't have to use it ever again. It's just too long a word, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to finish this up, though, we also have our King of the Forests, which is 090Z, Albie, Shala Florine, Ego, our latest patron. Ego, thank you so much for becoming a King of the Forest patron and listening in right now. Thank you, Ego. Gabe Lando, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Kirby Mont, Marty, Max Baker, T, The Real Jory, The Wolf, The Wood and Trafalgar, who's also listening in right now, and Tommy Boy. Thank you all so much for all of your support and helping us keep the show running. Thank you, guys. And Jordan, is there anything else you want to plug your Gary Oldman podcast here? Yeah, check out my Gary Oldman podcast, uh, Mission Ignition, where we cover a really shitty TV show from the 90s that I think only I remember called Vampires. That's V-A-N-P-I-R-E-S, featuring a character who is uncredited but is rumored from a single uncredited uh, Wikipedia edit to actually be Gary Oldman. And I have been pilled. I think it is Gary Oldman. <laughs> the Gary Oldman pill. I have been Gary Oldman pilled. Uh, also. Also, check out my paintings at uh, my Instagram, Jordan Forbes Art, and my portfolio website, jordanforbes.art. Yeah. Give me $10,000. Yay. <laughs> okay. And that's that's the ball game. So let's get into sign off. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we rank every single series we have read so far for our three-year anniversary. Holy shit. Uh, this has been David. This has been Jordan. And I'm Rev. And you've been listening to Show and Flop. Keep on flopping, flopper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. This was great. Uh-huh. Hit me up anytime. <laughs>